Welcome to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast. In this episode, Pastor Gary Keller delivers a message entitled, Lord in Christ. We hope and pray this message blesses your life. For more information about our church and other resources, visit us at nlcclancaster.com. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 36. Simon Peter preaching the inaugural sermon of the church on the day of Pentecost. And they overheard him say this, Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. I speak to you today from this thought, Lord and Christ, recognizing Jesus for who he is. And today he is our Lord and he is our Christ. You may be seated. You know, and it goes without me saying it, but we are engaged in a spiritual conflict of end time proportions. The perilous times prophesied in the Holy Writ are at hand. Men are lovers of their own selves, coveting, boasting, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, void of natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, fierce despisers of those that are good. I think with what I just read from 2 Timothy denotes and verifies the very hour that we are living in today. The perilous times have come. These are the last days and we are called upon as the church, the ecclesia, the redeemed, we are called upon to stand fast in the power of his might. Ephesians chapter six, starting at verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and be strong in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities. There's a spiritual warfare that's going on. We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. And Paul speaks to Timothy and makes it clear, you must be able to stand. And today we must stand for the Lord Jesus Christ. Must stand for truth. We must stand for righteousness or what is right. Also, we must withstand, endure, and resist the adversary of our souls. Sometimes we're on the defensive and we must hold our ground. But most of the time, the church is on the offense. 
overcoming the enemy and pressing the battle to the gates of hell. Paul declared these words and penned them for us and for our consideration when he said in Romans chapter 8, nothing shall separate me from the love of God. That's where we draw the line in the sand on this Sunday morning and declare that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. And he goes on, neither depths nor heights nor principalities nor powers nor things present nor things to come will be able to separate me from the love of God. All of us will be challenged in this hour because the perilous times are here. We are dealing with a society that is decaying before our very eyes and they are rapidly going down the, the river of, of, of compromise and the, 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 the flow of the enemy is washing things away from us even as we stand here today. And we must have the attitude of of the Apostle Paul and, and make this statement on this Sunday morning that nothing shall separate me from the love of God. If there was anyone in your New Testament that you would think and I would think would be solid and nothing would challenge him, it, it would have to be John the Baptist. He had a special anointing. He had a special calling. He had a special creed that was upon him to be the forerunner of the Christ. He's the one baptizing his candidates in the Jordan River saying, I indeed baptize you with water, but there's one coming after me who's mightier than I, whose shoes I'm not worthy to unlatch. He's going to baptize you with the Holy Ghost and the fire. And the line of candidates was long and he was baptizing one after another until finally he turned to see the last one in line and it was Jesus Christ. And it was John the Baptist who said at that moment, Behold the Lamb of God that taketh away the sin of the world. He recognized this is the one that I am the forerunner of. This is the Lord and this is the Christ. And so we would think the one that comes out of the wilderness declaring now is the axe laid at the root. Hallelujah, you generation of vipers, who's warned you to flee from the wrath to come? He had a message. He delivered his message. But now at the end, we talked a little bit last week about the, the conclusion of the whole matter. When you get to the end of it all, where are you standing? What are you believing? What are you embracing? And so here John is, just a few hours from his crucifixion, they are going to take his life from him. And there's a, 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 a mindset that causes him to question. And the question is this, is he really the Christ? Look at it in Matthew chapter 11, verse number one. And it came to pass when Jesus had made an end of commanding his 12 disciples, he departed thence to teach and preach in their cities. Now, when John had heard in the prison, he's not going to get out of prison. This is the end. He's facing the finality of it all. When he heard in the prison, the works of Christ, he sent two of his disciples and said unto Jesus, these disciples said unto him, Art thou he that should come? John's wanting to know this. Or do we look for another? And Jesus speaks back to these disciples of John's and says, Go tell John. Jesus answered and said unto them, 
Go and show John again. Sometimes we just need to hear it again, see it again, embrace it again, understand it again, love it again, just fall in love with him all over again. And and he said, go tell John the things which you do see and hear. The blind receive their sight. The lame walk. The lepers are cleansed. The deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have the gospel preached unto them. And blessed is he, whosoever shall not be offended in me. Sometimes when we are facing life and what John is facing, the conclusion of the whole matter, sometimes we have to deal with what Napoleon Hill called man's six basic fears. The six basic fears of man listed by Napoleon Hill, failure, criticism, poverty, loss of love, old age, and death. So when facing fear, here's the message today, we must recognize Jesus for who he is. So whatever you're facing today, John the Baptist was was facing the conclusion of the whole matter. Whatever you're facing today, whatever fear comes your way, never allow that fear to take your relationship with him away. We must always, regardless of what we're facing, if we're facing failure, criticism, poverty, loss of love, old age, death, whatever we are facing, we must never allow those things to take away our relationship with God. We must recognize Jesus for who he is. And that's what the Lord was saying to John. Go tell John, it's all right. The one he preached about, the one he baptized in the Jordan River, it's all good, hallelujah. Don't don't fail to recognize me for who I am. You see, when we recognize Jesus as Lord and Christ, There is no lasting failure that we have to deal with. I know that's one of man's basic fears. When a person recognizes Jesus as Lord and Christ, it is then that criticism is irrelevant knowing that man is not our judge, but God is our judge. When a family recognizes Jesus as Lord and Christ, Poverty has no place in their thinking process because they have assured their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. When a man or a woman recognizes Jesus as Lord and Christ, it is then that a loss of love is brought into a proper perspective for he said, ladies and gentlemen, the one I love, his name starts with a J and ends with an S, He said, if there is the loss of love, he said, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. I will be with you to the end and I'll stick closer to you than a brother. You see, when a person recognizes Jesus as Lord and Christ, old age simply means we are nearer to our everlasting home in heaven. And when we recognize Jesus as Lord and Christ, your question should be on this Sunday morning, death is swallowed up in victory. 
O grave, where is thy sting? You see, from his prison cell, John needed a word from the Lord. And the Lord sent him a word that unfolds like this. I want someone to know that wherever you're at today, whatever you're facing today, you might be saying, I need a word. I need a word from the Lord. Well, there's going to be a word through song, through the preaching, through a saint, through a friend, through a family member. I believe God's going to speak a word of life in this house today. And John's question was, are you the Christ or should we look for another? And his answer back to John was, go show him the things that you see, the blind, the lame, the lepers, the deaf, the dead are raised, the gospels preached. There is a word from the Lord in this house of worship this morning, and I admonish you to open your heart and receive the word Jesus has for you. Listen to Psalm 107, verse 19. Then they cry unto the Lord in their trouble, and he saved them out of their distresses. He sent his word. He sent his word and healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And here's the key on this Sunday morning. And we've been doing this quite well on this Sunday morning. The next verse says, Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of men. I don't know what you're facing, but I do know the key is this. Go ahead and praise God. Go ahead and lift up his name. Go ahead and magnify him. Oh, that men would praise the Lord for his goodness. Do you know that his goodness is in this house today? It will lead you to repentance. It will lead you to victory. And the word he is sending to someone in this house today goes like this. I've not thought of this for many, many years. But I had a flashback yesterday as I was studying the Word of God. And I remember a church in South Bend, Indiana, pastored by Carl McKellar, my good friend. And they were going through a very, very dark season as a church congregation. And Brother McKellar had a sign made and he hung it on the balcony wall where you could see it as you left the building to a church that was going through trials. One of the main men had been shot and killed and they had all kinds of perplexities going on. And you know, he was my good friend and we talked a lot about it. And, and he said, I had to put a word out there for the church. And this is what it said on the back wall, the balcony as people left. And I say today that it is a word for someone in this house of worship this morning. I don't know what everyone is going through. I know what some of you are going through. But the word for this church on this Sunday morning is what Brother McKellar put on that wall of the balcony back in 1978 or 9. And it goes like this. We are not interested in the possibilities of defeat. For defeat does not exist in the church of the living God. I don't know what you're facing, but I'm not interested in defeat. You're not interested in defeat. We're not interested in defeat because defeat does not exist in the church of the living God. This church is going up. There's going to be a rapture. We are God's people called 
by his name, redeemed by his blood, sanctified by his spirit, Holy Ghost filled, on our way to heaven. I'm not interested in defeat. Don't talk to me about defeat. Defeat does not exist in the church of the living God. Come on, somebody praise him right now. Magnify him right now. Declare his holiness right now in your worship. Come on, let's clap our hands under the Lord. Let's praise him. I'm not interested in defeat. John the Baptist, not interested in defeat. His name was Mallory. His name was Mallory. He was from London, England. And, and, and he, was, he, he was a mountain climber. And no one in the late 40s and early 50s had conquered Mount Everest. And so every year he would take an expedition from England, they would make their way to Mount Everest and Mallory would lead them. And every year when they came back, the reporters would meet them at the airport and Mallory would come out and have to year after year explain why they did not reach the summit. Well, we didn't make it this year because a storm blew in. The next year it might've been, and it was, well, we had equipment failure. And and the next year, well, one of our main men got sick and we had to bring him down. Every year, it was something that stopped them from reaching the summit and no one had reached the summit at that time. And in 1953, Mallory and his right-hand man, on their way to the summit, got separated from the rest of the group in a snowstorm and they lost their lives. And the men came back and there was a spokesman among the group chosen to speak at the airport when they landed and someone had erected a picture of Mount Everest in the background at the airport. And so the spokesman came and stood before them and answered their questions and yes, Mallory is dead and his right hand man is dead and he explained all that he could and then he turned and looked at the picture of Mount Everest. And this is what he said. He said, we tried once to conquer you and failed. We tried again and you defeated us. But we shall yet conquer you, mountain, because you cannot grow bigger, but we can. We're coming back. And I want someone to look at whatever it is that you're facing and understand what you're facing cannot grow bigger. But you can on this Sunday morning make a declaration, I'm climbing this mountain. Ain't no devil in hell going to stop me. We're going to reach the summit. I'm not interested in the possibilities of defeat. It doesn't exist in my mentality. I'm going for the summit. Come on, somebody. There's a victory. There's a deliverance. There's a hope. There's a joy. There's a way out. There's a God in this house today and he's going to help you hallelujah come on it's time to climb that mountain it's time to declare the whole counsel of God it's time to declare that God is our victory we shall overcome come on somebody say we shall overcome we shall overcome that's why in Ephesians chapter 4 it goes like this and I'm almost finished today I therefore the prisoner of the Lord beseech you that you should walk worthy of the vocation wherewith he has called you with all lowliness and meekness and long uh, suffering and forbearance on one another endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace there is one body there is one spirit even as you are called into one hope of your calling one lord one faith one baptism 
one God and Father of all who is above all, through all, and in you all. I'm just telling you, I'm not interested in the possibility of defeats. This is my God I'm talking about. Everyone, hallelujah, but unto every one of us, every one of us, everybody in this place, every one of us is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, watch this, when he ascended on high, all the way to Mount Everest. He led captivity captive and gave gifts to men. I'm telling you, as you pursue the summit, the zenith, the mountaintop, the goal, what God's called you to be, hallelujah. Even with the questions like John the Baptist, you have to turn around and say, you know what? He led captivity captive. Hallelujah. God has already conquered everything. He came to this earth and conquered everything that I'll ever face. So I am going to trust the word of the Lord. He's Lord in Christ and I'm going to recognize him for who he is. Listen to this carefully. Hebrews chapter one. I'm talking to you today in closing about recognizing Jesus for who he is. John, he's not just your cousin. Your mother, Elizabeth, and his mother Mary were cousins, not just a distant relative of Jesus. He's your Lord and Christ. And here's what it says in Hebrews chapter one, verse two, three, and four, hath in these last days spoken by his son, whom he hath appointed heir to all things, by whom also he made the world, who being, this is the one recognizing, I want to recognize him today for who he is, who being in the brightness of his glory and the express image of his person and upholding all things by his word of his, the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, set down on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels as he hath inherited and obtained a more excellent name than they. So do I recognize him today, Lord and Christ, recognizing I'm here to recognize Jesus for who he is. And Paul said, being made so much better than the angels as he hath by inheritance obtained a more excellent name than the angels. And that's why we hear these words from Acts chapter 4 and verse number 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there's none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And here's how I want to close this message today. I want to close this message by telling you a little bit about his name and what it means. And when I hit a point, when I explain the name of Jesus in closing here today, and that's what you need him to be, I want you just to give me an amen. Let's try an amen right now. Amen. That's fantastic. Now, what I want you to do is give me an amen if what I say represents, if it, if, if it resonates with you, if you recognize Jesus for who he is and that's what you need him to be and that's what you're gonna let him be. When I say this, I want you to say amen. Are you ready? Let's try the first one. Advocate. Somebody to stand in on your behalf. Let's try that one again. Advocate. 
Praise God. Are you ready? Hallelujah. I feel like preaching. Hallelujah. Amen. Here we go. The Almighty. Uh, the Alpha and Omega. The Anointed One. The Arm of the Lord. The Author and Finisher of our faith. The Beginning and the End. The Beloved. The Beloved. The Bishop. The Blessed and Only Potentate. The Branch. The Bread. The Bridegroom. The Bright Morning Star. The Brightness of God's Glory. The Captain. The Captain of the Lord's Host. The captain of salvation, the carpenter, the chief shepherd, the chief cornerstone, the chiefest among 10,000, the chosen of God, the commander, the counselor, the covenant of the people, the deliverer, the day star, the door, Emmanuel, eternal life, everlasting father, faithful and true, the faithful witness, the first and the last, the first begotten of the father, the foundation the fountain, the forerunner, the friend of sinners, the gift of God, the glory of Israel, God, God manifest in the flesh, God with us, the good master, the governor, the great shepherd, the head of the church, the high priest, the head of the corner, the holy one, the hope, the horn of salvation, I am the horn of salvation, the image of God, Jehovah, the judge, the just man, the just one, the just person, the king of Israel, the king of the Jews, the king of the saints, the king of Zion, the king of glory, the king over all the earth, the king of kings, the lamb of God, the lawgiver, the leader, the life, the light of the world, the living bread, the lion from the tribe of Judah, the Lord of hosts, the Lord God almighty, hallelujah, God mighty in battle, the Lord over all, Lord mighty and strong. He's the master, the mediator, the messenger, the Messiah, the mighty God, the minister in the sanctuary. He's the morning star, the offspring of David, the only wise God, the physician, the prophet, the redeemer, the ransom, the resurrection and life. He's the redemption. He's the rock of offense. He's my salvation. He's the rose of Sharon. He's sanctification. He's the scepter. He's the savior of the world. He's the stone hewn out of the mountain. He's the stone the builders rejected. He's the truth, the vine, the wonderful, the word. That's who he is. Is, and I recognize him today. I recognize him. Let's stand together and clap our hands under the Lord and praise God for who he is. Come on, let's praise him. Let's praise him. Let's magnify the Lord. Let's glorify him. Hallelujah. And he is my rock. I call him Jesus, my rock, my rock, my sword, my shield, the will in the middle of the will. There is no end to this. Hallelujah. Praise God. And can I tell you, there is no rock like our rock. There's no rock like our rock. There's no God like our God. There's no Jesus like our Jesus. He's not just another God. He is God. He's not just another king. He's the king of kings. He's not just another Lord. He's the Lord of lords. He's the light of the world. He's my hope. I said he's my hope today. Hallelujah. I'm going to recognize him for who he is. I know I may be in a dungeon. I know that I may be going through a trial and a test. Hallelujah. But I hear him say, I'm still God. 
I'm still God. I know you're going through a trial. Hallelujah. I will tell you that it's been a rough three months for me personally, but he's still my God. He's still my Savior. He's still my Redeemer. Hallelujah. Come on. He's proven himself a time and time again. I don't know what you're going through. Hallelujah. But I can say to Brother Ken Hurst, he's going to be your comfort this week. He's going to be your comforter. The presence of God's going to overshadow you. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest the table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, and my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in your house forever. Hallelujah. So I say again with Carl McKellar, we are not interested in the possibility of defeat because defeat does not exist in the church of the living God. You're in the church. You're, you're among the ecclesia, the called out, the redeemed. And whatever your need is, I hope that somewhere in this list, you find him to be what you need him to be. And so, as we contemplate what we have heard, Lord and Christ, we recognize him for who he is. And our text goes like this. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made this same Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Christ. Lord represents what he has done to save us. Christ represents what we ought to do since we're saved. And we ought to praise him. We ought to glorify him. We ought to walk with him. We ought to talk with him. We ought to love him. I wonder today if we could, if we could just make this a special Sunday where as Shauna prepares for baptism, I wonder if we can just bring our family, our friend that's next to us, and just come around this altar and talk to God and say, Lord, I know you're my Lord and you're my Christ. And today I'm gonna to recognize you for who you are, who you are. I want you to bow your heads for just a moment. I want you to think of the list that I just went through. And if there is a particular description Maybe it's the king of kings. Maybe it's the lawgiver. Maybe it's the living bread. Maybe it's the mediator. Perhaps it's the prophet, the redeemer, the ransom. Whatever it was that stood out to you as I read that and something that you need, I want you to talk to him about it right now. Would you join me in prayer before we come to the altar? Lord Jesus, I guess the best way I could say this, Lord, is you are my everything and what you have done you shall do and what you have been is what you are because your word tells us there is no variableness neither shadow of turning 
and that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And that you will never leave us nor forsake us. We're recognizing you today for who you are. In Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. And that concludes this podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like, share, and subscribe. And for those of you on iTunes, leave us a good rating. Thank you for listening to the NLCC Lancaster Podcast.